This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Now, we've been talking about the trajectory of faith. I, I probably need to back way back up about this because this started with Joseph. And when you look that, Joseph had these dreams at 17, but he didn't become king until he was 30 or under the king, the second in command. He was on a journey, guys, and he went through several different tests in his life. And so that's what we've been talking about. But I believe one of the tests in Joseph's life was to learn to control his tongue, to watch what he was allowing out of his mouth. And you know that once Joseph was sold as a slave and then he was thrown into prison, it would have been very easy for him to gotten words in his mouth and say, man, that dream's never going to happen. I'm, I'm never going to achieve anything in life. And so part of talking about this, being in the trajectory of faith, is I've got to learn and be very careful with the words come out of my mouth. Now, let me review just a little bit. Last weekend in Proverbs 18, verse 20 through 22, it talks a lot about the tongue, specifically Matthew 8, or, uh, Proverbs 18, 21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So he's, he's informing me and you the power that my tongue and your tongue has that we either speak death or we speak life. And so when you study the scriptures over and over, you, you begin to get that Jesus was really warning us, be very careful what you allow to come out of your mouth. And so we're going to jump back in here, Matthew 12. Now, we talked about this last week. But we're going to go over it again a little bit more tonight. Matthew 12, start with me in verse 34. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So again, he's telling me the things that I put into my heart, ultimately I begin to think about them. And I begin to meditate on them. And the things that I think about and meditate, before long, I will express those out of my mouth. So a lot of this right here with what he's talking about, it ties into Joshua 1.8. Joshua 1.8 says, this book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth. So he tells me right there, I got to get the word in my mouth. And he said, you'll meditate on it there in day and night. You'll recite it over and over. And he said, ultimately, it'll lead you to doing the word. So again, right here, the process is I begin to hear the word of God. Remember, Romans 10, 17, faith only comes by hearing the word of God. So if I start getting in the word of God in me, I begin to think on the word of God. I begin to ponder the word of God. And then when you release the word out of your mouth, it's what we call the rhema, the spoken word. That's when the word of God really will begin to take off, when you begin to speak the word. So he says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. So he's telling me right there, the reason I'm, I'm experiencing good things in my life is because I put good things in my heart. So again, I don't know it's good to use this analogy, but we as human beings, we're a lot like a computer. What you put in is what you're going to get out. You put in the things of God, that's what you're going to get out. You put garbage in, that's what you're going to get out. He goes on to say, 
And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. It's because he put those things in his heart. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak. For every idle word that men may speak, we're going to give an account for it. Now, again, we got to go back and highlight the meaning of idle word, vain words, useless words, and operative words, non-working words, careless comments. Now, he's not referencing using curse words or the Lord's name in vain. This is not what he was doing here. He was talking about ineffective words, unnecessary words that have no value. Now, the, the word idle word there means words that have no benefit for me and you. And it would look like this, that we, we speak words that we really don't mean, but we say it anyhow. Every one of us have done that. And many times after we've said it, we said, well, I really didn't mean that. So that would how a, an idle word would look. And in this verse right here, When he says, we're going to give an account for every idle word, it reveals to me and you the significance of one word. The power of just one word. He goes on to say at the end of verse 36, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. So he's letting me know there will be a day that I'm going to give an account for everything I've said. Now, Many times in our life, we hear stuff like this. Well, words are cheap. No, they're not. They're really very expensive. And so I can't have that that mentality that words are cheap. You know, because idle words will drain you. They'll drain a relationship. Idle words will sabotage your peace. And so I got got to get uh, where I become very selective to the words that come out of my mouth. Now, verse 37, he goes in a little deeper. For by your words. Now, he's getting real specific. Your words, my words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. Now, if you look at that, there's only two choices with my words. My words are going to justify me. They're going to acquit me. Or they're going to condemn me. And they're going to sentence me is what he's talking about. So, I I need to speak words of truth that are full of God's, his, his word. I gotta get my tongue in line with the Word of God. You know, I believe that the most destructive thing that can happen to a human being is to live a life of sin. The second most destructive thing, I believe, is when we have a tongue that constantly speaks negativity or idle words. It'll destroy you. It'll wreck you, and this is what he's talking about. So again, part of the issue here is I must learn to speak words out of my mouth that are words of faith. I, I'm, I'm going to switch up here just a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to the book of Revelations just for a second. Revelations chapter 12, and you can turn with me there. And, and so when you look at what he said, they're the words justified and acquitted. Those are words that you would hear in a court of law. Let me show you just briefly here about how I believe things go on right here. In Revelations 12 verse 10, it says, then, then I heard a loud voice saying from heaven, Now salvation and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. Listen real close for this. For the accuser of the brethren 
who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. Now, I, I want to explain what he's saying there. You've got to understand this. In, in the courts of heaven, this is what it's like. It says the accuser of the brethren, which is the devil, it says that he goes before God day and night and he accuses us. He's telling God everything that we're doing and we're saying. And so when, when he does that, he looks at God and says, this is what's happening in their life. This, this is the evidence that I have against them. Now understand, he does this day and night, it says. Watch verse 11. And they, the brethren, the one that he's accusing, they overcome by the blood of the Lamb. So again, when we come into the courtroom of law of heaven, we can either plead our case and we can try to say why we're not guilty of everything we've done, but truthfully in the matter, we are guilty. And what I'm talking about guilty, the Bible's very clear that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So the only way that I can be acquitted is through the blood of Jesus. I overcome by the blood. And so in this court of the law, Father God is the judge and he's sitting there and understand the devil's over here yakking. He's accusing you and he's accusing you and he's accusing you. And then Father God says, what's the evidence that you have against them? Part of the evidence that he has against us is he said, Father God, you heard everything that Chris said today. And so literally, the reason he's able to hold us in a place of bondage is because he can use the very words that we've said. And he said, Father God, you can't heal them because they said they're going to be sick the rest of their life. Father God, you can't bless them because they said they'll never be blessed. They're always broke. And so he literally, in a court of law, he uses our own words as testimony against us. Now he said... They, the brethren, overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Watch how he ends verse number 11 here. And they overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. You want to start overcoming in life? The word of your testimony. And so what ultimately happens is when you repent of the sin in your life, you march in the courtrooms of heaven, and, and Father God would say, how do you plead? And you know what I'd say? I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. And what I mean by that is when we repent of our sins and we turn from our sins, the blood of Jesus is the only thing that can wash us, that can cleanse us. Remember the old song that, that, that I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. And so we say, I plead the blood of Jesus. And when the devil starts trying to accuse us before Father God, we say, our attorney, he represents us. Jesus is known as the advocate. And so the father looks at the devil, and then he looks back at Jesus, and Jesus pulls up his shirt, and he shows the stripes on his back, and Jesus shows his handprints, and he said, I took their place. I took their place. And you know what that means? We can gloat around in victory because of Jesus. And then guess what begins to happen? I overcome by the word of my testimony. I start saying, I'm a man of God. I'm a woman of God. Okay? Now, that's just an insight real quick. Now, I, I want you to go to the book of John, chapter 8. John, chapter number 8. Just skipping around a little bit there. And so, 
Uh, I, I will tell you this. A couple weeks from now, actually on um, October the 9th, that is a Sunday morning, we're going to start a new series called The Bloodline. It will have to do with going into the, the courtrooms of heaven. I'm, I'm going to tell you guys, some of this will, will bless your life in incredibly ways when you see biblically that Jesus will represent. So I, I encourage you, begin on that, that Sunday the night. And I mean, make plans to be here. It will be life-changing, I promise you. John chapter 8, verse 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, those ones that were born again, if you abide in my word, you are my disciple indeed. So now he said, if you abide, we've got to understand what the word abide means. The word abide there means to hold fast. The word abide means to live in accordance. So when I read there, he said, those who abide in my word or live in my word or remain in my word, they're my disciples indeed. And so just through Jesus' words right here, uh, abiding or living in the things of God, it's not just a Sunday morning deal. It's, it's every day of my life. It's where I, I become consumed with the things of God. How many of you have ever been around a person and, man, all they talk about is God. God this, God that, bless, and then they're, they're full of God. They're, they're abiding in the things of God. Now, here's a key force right here. He said, if you abide in my word, if, if, that's a choice. Look at verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Verse 32 is a byproduct of obeying verse 31. The only way the truth begins to set you free is when you remain in the Word of God. You soak in the Word of God. And he tells me right there that when you abide in the Word of God, then the Word, the truth, will set you free. But it's not going to happen if I don't abide in the Word. Now, here's the thought process to me. If the Word of God, and I'm abiding in it, will set me free, don't you think I ought to start getting my mouth and tongue in line with the truth and the Word of God? Wouldn't it be valuable and important for me to start saying the very things that the Bible, that Jesus says about us? I mean, one of the great verses to quote is what we just read there in Revelations 12. I overcome by the blood of Jesus. I overcome by the blood of Jesus. I thank you today, Lord. I overcome. Nothing's too difficult for me through you, Lord. I overcome. So you begin to see there's power in the Word of God, in the truth of the Word of God. But i got to begin to speak it. Begin to speak those things out of your mouth. Watch how the Word of God will set you free. Time's sake, I'm going to begin to move. Go to the book of Ecclesiastes. You say, where is that? Ecclesiastes 5, that's right after the book of Proverbs. Allow the word of God and the words that Jesus says to shape your life. Allow it to begin to shape your life. And you say, is that biblical that the word of God would shape my life? Listen real close here. In Genesis chapter 1, when the Lord created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1, all through there, it says this same phrase. And God said... So how did God shape the earth? And God said, and God said, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. See, I believe in the Big Bang Theory. God spoke, and bang, it happened. It took place, guys. And so right there, 
Father God said then in, in uh, Genesis 1, 26 and 27, he said, I made man in my own likeness and my own image. And we're told in Ephesians 5, imitate God. So, man, I might as well start doing what God did. What did God do? He began to speak and things began to happen. Okay, Ecclesiastes 5, verse 1. Walk prudently. The word prudently, walk with guarded steps. When you go to the house of God, and draw near to hear or to obey rather than give the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they do evil. Now, what he's talking about here, as you enter the kingdom of God, I'm to, to have ears to hear the word of God. And it's, it's evil of me to have this mindset that I can offer God these vain or useless offerings. Now, look what he says a lot of this pertains to in verse 2. Do not be rash with your mouth. Do not be hasty or quick with your mouth. And let not your heart utter anything hastily before God. Don't speak before you think. You know, one reference to this talks about empty babblings or meaningless babblings. It goes back to the same thing. I believe those are idle words. So he said right there, do not... Let your heart utter anything before God. For God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. Why is he saying that? Well, I believe e evil words, idle words, wrong words, they're not easily retracted. They're not easily erased. Listen to what the message there is. It says, the less you speak, the better. And so we go back and we think about this. How many times do we speak before we think? How many guys remember the old saying? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, whoever said that, they lied. Because sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will break or impact my heart forever. And so right here, he's given us warning of this. Now, as we read this right here, when you speak words out of your mouth, you release those words or you give birth to them. That's why I've got to quit saying stuff like, nothing good ever happens to me. I'll never be successful. I'm not smart enough. I will never get out of this mess. And so when I begin to speak those things, understand that God has given us power of the tongue. They are literally self-fulfilling prophecies. The power of my words. Here's how powerful words are. You don't get born again without believing with your heart and confessing with your mouth. So my eternity is based on what I believe in my heart and I speak out of my mouth. Again, he's letting me know the significance of my words right here. When you study Jesus' life, think about this. Jesus always spoke the answer. He didn't speak the problem. Illustration. The guy Lazarus has been dead for three weeks. Jesus shows up and you know what he says? Lazarus, come forth. Duh, the guy's been dead three days. If you'll note, he didn't walk up and say, man, Lazarus stinketh, he's been dead. No, he said, come forth. So again, he spoke the desired result. He didn't speak the problem. How many of you in this room, you don't have to show his hands because we've all done this. How many of you have ever called yourself names? I'm so stupid. 
I'm an idiot. I'm so unthoughtful. I'm forgetful. I'm losing my mind. See again, this would be like an idle word here. We don't mean those things about us, but we begin to say them. And before we know it, we start acting like the very things we've said out of our mouth. We become our worst enemies. Now, the end of verse 2 there, it says, Therefore, let your words be few. There's a little cross-reference right there. And if you'll go back to your left, you're going to go to Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 10. Watch what this cross-reference here says, Proverbs 10, verse 19. In the multitude or abundance of word, sin is not lacking or absent. I like one other translation. It says, in the multitudes of words, transgressions are unavoidable. So he's likened because of the things, the multitudes that come out of my mouth, it's going to lead to areas of sin. But he restrains his lips is wise. Now, when I read this right here, the message says, the more or, or the less I talk, the more I talk, the less truth. The wise answer their words with wisdom. And so when I see how the wise person answers, if words don't matter, then why did he say they would be wise with the way they, ma- they answer? See, when I look at the Bible right there in this Proverbs, with my words, I'm going to be wise or I'm going to be a fool. It's that simple. This is just what the Proverbs begin to tell me and you right here. So you're living right now in the world that you've spoken out of your mouth. You've shaped your own world by the words you speak out of your mouth. And so again, one of the most powerful things that I can begin to do as a believer, start speaking the word over your life on a daily basis. Start speaking the Bible on a daily basis i got one more passage I want to get you to tonight. James chapter 3. James chapter 3. I said this before, but many, many years ago, we were getting kicked in life, about every area of my life. We started reading the Bible and listening to these things, and we began to understand, man, our, our words are literally destroying our lives. And so what we begin to do is we had a pact, me and Shelly, agreement that if any one of us ever said anything that, that disagreed with the Word of God, the other one had the right to, to confront you about it. And so I'd be going down the street, I'd say something stupid out of her mouth. And she would look at me and she'd say, is that what you want to happen? I said, well, no. But again, I said it. I said it. So here's the deal. Sometimes you've got to get to a point in your life where you get around someone and you say, I welcome you to correct me in love. Don't pop me on the head and call me stupid. Correct me in love. And so we begin to do that. And we became like surgeons with our mouth. We become very, very careful. I will tell you this. Throughout my life, I need refresher courses on this. Sometimes I'll get back into a stinking negative uh, pattern and Shelly will say to me, she'll say stuff, you need to get back in faith. 
And I don't like it, but I know she's right. Start speaking the word. James 3, verse 4. Look also at ships. Although they are large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member, but boasts great things. So right here, James is comparing the tongue to the rudder of a huge ship. And he's saying here, that rudder in proportion to the ship is tiny. But that rudder has the ability to direct that ship. Even so, the tongue is a little member compared to the rest of my body. It still has the ability to direct or control my life. Now, what's interesting in here, in in the last part of verse 4, he says, wherever the pilot desires. Who's the captain of your tongue? You are. So just like the captain of the ship, he directs that rudder, and wherever he directs it, that ship goes or navigates. And it's interesting that James would use the same analogy with me and you, and he's telling you, you're the captain of your ship with the things that you say. Now, a lot of times we don't believe all this with the Bible. What is it? We look and say, ah, that pastor's full of it. He's full of love. He's full of the Holy Ghost. Look at verse 2. This is what we'll end with tonight. For we all stumble in many things. Yes, we do, and yes, we have. If anyone does not stumble in word or what he says, he is a perfect man, a complete man, a sound man, a mature man who is able also to bridle the whole body. With what did he say? The one who learns to control his tongue. Would you put that up there on the message? Watch this in the message translation. Now watch this. Don't be in, uh, get, get to verse 2. Is verse 2 up there? Okay, we, we get it wrong nearly every time we open our mouths. If you could find someone whose speech was perfectly true, you would have a perfect person. How did he say you'd have a per The one who begins to control the tongue of his mouth. So when you look at the, the, the little bit we read here before what James said, ask yourself this question before you speak. Is this what I really want to happen in my life? You want to change your world? Change your words. And the way I start changing my life Change the seeds you're planting in the field of your life. Change the seeds. It's like a farmer. He gets tired of having cotton, then he changes the seeds and says, we're going to plant corn. Well, if you're tired of planting seeds of negativity or, or death, start speaking words of positive. Put new seeds in the ground. Start speaking blessings. Start speaking. I tell you, one of the greatest things you can start doing is start speaking blessings over your life. Is that biblical? Psalms 5.12 said, God said, I bless my righteous and my favor surrounds you like a shield. So if God said that, I'm just going to get in agreement. I thank you, Father God, you've blessed me. Go to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28, verses 1 through 13 or 14. It's all the blessings. 
Oh, I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. I'm the head, not the tail. I go over, not under. I go over, not under. Before and back, not backwards. All the things that he says in there. Start getting the word of God inside and start speaking it. I, I, I tell you guys, in areas of my life, I've seen the truth set me free. I've seen it firsthand. I mean, if you've been here very long, I, man, I could tell you a list of my life. I, I was a good sinner, guys. A, a, a slobber drunk. I remember one day, I, I like to drink apple cider vinegar every morning. I, if you've never done that, get ready. And so Shelly doesn't even mess with my bottle of apple cider vinegar. I drank it right out of the bottle. Man, I'll get him. And a guy said to me one day, he said, does that not burn you? And I said, doesn't burn me as bad as whiskey used to. And I kind of looked at him. He's like, I said, dude, you got to realize I was a stumbling, fumbling drunk for many years of my life. I was dominated. And so I begin to get a hold of what the Bible said. This, this honors the word of God. This honors the Lord Jesus. Colossians 1.13. He delivered me out of the power of darkness. So I just started saying that. I said, well, Father God, if you said you delivered me out of the power of darkness through the Lord Jesus, then I might as well start walking in it. And so I started saying that. He's delivered me out of the power of darkness. He's delivered me out of alcohol. And boom, the next day I was set free. No. Man, I kept abiding in the word and I kept speaking the word. Remember, uh, Mark eleven twenty three says, speak to the mountain. Well, that mountain didn't get there overnight. It took a, keep speaking the word, keep speaking the word. And I kept speaking it. And before long, there started becoming a change in this guy. And before long, I got set free. Thank you, Lord. All they did was acting on the word of God. And so again, I started putting the word of God in my heart and it started coming out of my mouth. Guess what? God will do the same for you. He wants He said, man, speak the word, speak the word. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.